This is Religion and Theology, a podcast from the Center for Theology and Religious Studies. Today's episode is a presentation given at the Also of London and Multi-Religious Identities Conference. And the speaker, Professor Stephen Bevins of Catholic Theological Union Chicago, will speak on the topic of Panchamama Christianity, the Pan-Amazonian Synod and Indigenous Religious Identity. And I now give the word to Professor Mikava Hegangas of CTR. Canceling, planning, <laughs> and, uh, and well, unfortunately, he just couldn't make it here. But we hope that uh, there will be another possibility for his uh, virgin journey to Sweden. It's about. It would be about time, I think. Uh, anyways, uh, so uh, Steve, you're very warmly welcome. And we're very happy that you can be uh, joining us at least online. Steve, please. Well, thank you. Thank you very much, Mika. I, I really do wish I could uh, I could be with you. But uh, just, uh, you know, travel and everything else these days is just uh, a little bit too crazy. So I, I uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it. Um, in this presentation, I'm going to take you... Uh, uh, quite a bit into um, Catholic thinking and uh, Roman Catholic uh, controversies. Uh, so I hope that this is not too foreign uh, to many of you. Um, the context of this whole presentation uh, is um, about the synod uh, that uh, Pope Francis called in 2019 um, for all the peoples of the Amazon region in Latin America. And uh, it's uh, about um, some controversies that uh, happened uh, at this synod, uh, which I think uh, fits very well with the theme of this conference in terms of uh, multi-religious identity and, uh, uh, and, and, uh, and, and dual belonging. So um, I, I hope that you'll bear with me uh, with this uh, with this uh, presentation, uh, and uh, I hope it's not going to be too foreign to you. But I do think that it does speak uh, very much about the the issues involved, and uh, as our last speaker was talking uh, about syncretism and so forth. So um, uh, so I, I'll begin my presentation on Pachamama Christianity the Pan-Amazonian Synod and Indigenous Religious Identity. 
My introduction talks about a theft and a ceremony. In the early hours of the morning of October 21st, 2019, two right-wing Catholics, one of whom was a faux cleric who goes by the name of Father David and claims to be related to Mussolini, broke into the church near the Vatican of Santa Maria in Traspontina. They stole four carved wooden statues of a naked pregnant woman that had been on display in the church during the Pan-Amazonian Synod that was nearing its conclusion later that week. As a video that was taken at the scene shows, the statues were taken from the church to a nearby bridge and thrown into the Tiber River. In a heartfelt apology on October 25th, Pope Francis referred to the stolen statues as images of Pachamama, whose identity was explained by journalist John Allen as a female fertility figure representing Mother Earth, venerated by the peoples in the Andes and portions of the Amazon. The statues had been recovered by the Italian police, the Pope explained, but as Bishop of Rome, he asked the pardon of the persons who were offended by this act. The statues had first made their appearance on October 4th at a service to celebrate the feast of St. Francis of Assisi, that's his feast day, presided over by the Pope, but conducted by a group of indigenous Amazonians. As a video of the ceremony shows, at one point, these indigenous women and men, accompanied by a Franciscan friar, danced and chanted in a circle around two of the statues and several symbols of the Amazon region. Afterwards, afterwards several in the group presented Pope Francis with a ring with one of the statues, and with a necklace. In each instance, the person presenting the object made the sign of the cross and received the blessing of the Pope. The ceremony concluded with the planting of a small tree in the garden as St. Francis's Canticle of the Sun was sung in Italian. Was this a Catholic Christian ceremony? The presence of the Pope and several cardinals and bishops certainly signaled that it was, as did the actions of the sign of the cross and the singing of Francis Canticle. Several conservative Catholics, however, did not think so at all. They judged the ceremony to be decidedly pagan, focusing especially on the statues. Their negative judgment ranged from seeing them as demonic symbols of 
pagan uh, of, 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 of pagan idolatry to an uncritical embrace of all things indigenous. In a critical article that suggests that the synod should be called the Pachamama Synod, journalist Terry Mattingly quotes a description of the ceremony by Christopher R. Altieri. Altieri describes the indigenous participants in the October 4th ceremony as led by a woman in native ceremonial dress in something that looked for all the world like prayer of some sort and bowed low to the ground facing the figures of two pregnant women in a boat at the center of the mat on which the apparent leader of the ceremony and other participants had placed things that looked very much like a symbolic offering. The statues were labeled as idols by Rob, Roberto de Matei in his description of their presence at the Synod's opening procession from St. Peter's tomb to the Synod Hall. And Matei spoke of the October 6th Via Crucis that commemorated the martyrs of the Amazon as blasphemous. Matei's overall judgment of the Synod was that it promoted a new eco-indigenous cosmology and idolatrous cults inside the Catholic Church. After the statue's theft by some courageous Catholics, as Matei described them, former head of the Vatican's Congregation of the Doctrine of the Faith, Cardinal Gerhard Müller, remarked that the great mistake was to bring the idols into the church, not putting them out. Because according to the law of God, the first commandment, idolatry is a grave sin and is not to be mixed with the Christian liturgy. Pope Francis and others, however, defended the presence of the statues and saw them as neutral or even Christian symbols. Although he spoke in his apology of the statues as Pachamama, he said that they had been displayed in Santa Maria and Traspultina Church without idolatrous intentions. Christopher Altieri reported that when the Pope received the statue presented to him in the Vatican Gardens, a voice can be heard on the video behind the Pope saying, Our Lady of the Amazon." She is Our Lady of the Amazon. Indeed, in the Andean region of Western Latin America that shares many religious beliefs with parts of the Amazon region, Christian evangelization has adapted the pervasive belief and veneration of Pachacamama to refer to the Virgin Mary. Vatican spokesman Paolo Ruffini denied any religious significance to the statues, insisting that they were symbols of life. Referring to the presence of one of the statues at the Amazonian Way of the Cross, Jesuit Francisco Lopez, who works in the Amazon as part of an itinerant team of ministers, also insisted that the statues represent life. But he continued, we are all born from a mother, and we all have a mother who is pregnant, 
and delivered us to life. It's a mystery, life itself, that signifies in a way that God is also mother. He's engendered us and cares for life. The debate between conservative Catholics and a somewhat more open-minded Francis Papacy might be described as a debate between those who view the Amazonian indigenous people's faith as a misguided and dangerous syncretism, one that, one that compromises the core of Christianity, or a bold form of the enculturation of Christian faith that has taken on an Amazonian face. Such an enculturation would be a recognition of the power of Amazonian cultural and religious traditions, according to which indigenous people live together with their Christianity. It might well involve a dual or multi-religious belonging. Central to the concerns of the Synod was the urgent need to reverse the impending ecological disaster that is looming in the region. And because the Amazon represents the lungs of the world, its ecological integrity is crucial for the ecological integrity of our entire planet. This is why the Synod spoke so positively about indigenous culture, spirituality, and religion as a help for developing a vision for a more integral understanding of our world. The Synod preparatory and final documents, as well as Francis's post-Synodal apostolic exhortation called Querida Amazonia, deeply recognize the truth of indigenous wisdom and its potential for the ecological conversion needed today. Much of that truth and potential depends on an openness to the basic cosmovision of the indigenous people of the area. It is a vision of trying to live in harmony with oneself, with nature, with human beings, and with the supreme being, given that there is an intercommunication with the whole cosmos. Such an understanding is characterized by the connectivity and harmony of relations between water, the territory and nature, communal life and culture, God and the different spiritual forces. In his study of the Makuna people of the Northwest Amazon, anthropologist Kai Orham begins his chapter on the Makuna world with the following description. We might take it as a description of the Amazon worldview in general. In the Makuna world, every tangible form is more than it appears. The visible world of ordinary experience also has an invisible and intangible dimension that the Makuna refer to as hey, the world of powerful spirits and deified ancestors. In this other dimension, rocks and rivers are alive 
and animals and plants are people. There is a boundless universe of continuities and relatedness in which rivers and forests, humans and animals, living and dead, all form part of an integrated whole, an encompassing community of beings and things. The Western distinction between nature and culture dissolves and loses its meaning. The final synod document calls for a rich dialogue with these indigenous non-Christian traditions and those of non-Christian African origins, although the emphasis seems to be on the former, especially in their relationship with the forest and Mother Earth. The wisdom of ancestral peoples, the document declares, affirms that Mother Earth has a feminine face. This is the significance of Pachamama, from whom all life comes. Indeed, as Pope Francis remarked in his meeting with indigenous peoples in 2018 in Puerto Maldonado in Peru, the worldview and wisdom of the Amazonian peoples has much to teach those of us who do not belong to their culture. The final document of the Synod calls for a conversion to this culture, which for all practical purposes is one that takes seriously indigenous religions, <clears throat> since the line between culture and religion is always a blurred one. Theologian Robert Schreider observes that it cannot be insignificant that so many languages of the world do not even have a word for what we call religion. For many peoples, it is a way of being and living so tied up with being part of a particular culture that it is impossible to imagine living that way outside the culture. In the Amazonian context in particular, as anthropologist Norman Witten insists, the connection between cultural and religious worldviews is inseparable. In his post-apostolic uh, exhortation, Carita Amazonia, Pope Francis recalls a document of the Peruvian Amazonian bishops from the 1970s, in which they acknowledged that the people of the region had been initially evangelized with the result that local people's Christian faith is marked with certain features of popular Catholicism that are now something that the people have made their own, even changing their meaning and handing them down from generation to generation. Some of these practices may well be the origin of the rituals, prayers, and statues that the indigenous Amazonians brought to the synod. The Pope goes on to defend these, cautioning that other Catholics should not simply judge them to be superstition or paganism. They are rather, he says, religious practices that arise spontaneously from the life of peoples. While they may see, seem strange to us, the Pope suggests 
that if we know how to distinguish the wheat from the weeds, referring to Jesus' parable, we will see how the faith, once received, becomes embodied in a culture and is constantly passed on. The Pope continues this line of thought in the following paragraph of the exhortation, obviously referring to the controversy at the Synod over the various rituals and the Pachamama statues. It is possible, he says, to take up an indigenous symbol in some way without necessarily considering it as idolatry. A myth charged with spiritual meaning can be used to advantage and not always considered a pagan error. Certainly, he says, such symbols and myths need gradual purification and maturation. But as it were, they can exist side by side with Christian symbols, myths, and stories. The true missionary and pastoral worker will see that these expressions of indigenous religiosity and spirituality address real needs, even if they are at sometimes imperfect, partial, or mistaken religious expressions. Can we speak, then, of a multi-religious belonging among the indigenous and African people of the Amazon, evidenced in the in October 2019 Synod in Rome? Can we speak of a Pachamama Christianity? I do believe that we can, at least in some way. Pope Francis seems to hint at this in his remarks in Carita Amazonia that I've just quoted. One might, of course, regard the Catholic Christianity of the peoples of the Amazon as an instance of contextualized Christian theology or enculturation. One might also, however, see it as a, as a religious perspective that contains, as comparative theologian Catherine, Catherine Cornell describes, as a religious hybridity a more unresolved tension between cultural religious identity and evangelizing Christianity, and so multi-religious belonging. Kai Orham writes of an extensive, though intermittent, presence of Catholic missionaries over the, over the last centuries, a presence that is quite strong among the Makuna today. However, he points out, despite the changes that Christianity and with it modernity has brought, Makuna traditions remain vital and compelling. Ritual life is not only intact, but seems to have intensified as a reaction to the mounting pressures from the outside. Nurtured by the past, Makuna cultural traditions are vigorously alive in the present. This is precisely where I would place the Pachamama Christianity of the Amazon. As their presence at the Synod evidence, they are clearly Christian, but they are also steeped in their indigenous cultural ways and cosmovision. 
They live it, it seems to me, in two cultural and religious worlds and seem to thrive in this situation. Their Christianity might still need to be refined and purified through the difficult but necessary journey of enculturation, but their indigenous worldview of harmony and interrelationship of all things can be immensely helpful in the struggle for a more ecologically sensitive Christianity. Catherine Cornell suggests that multi-religious belonging, while problematic theologically, offers a promise as well. It can function as a critical mirror or an indication of what might be lacking within a particular religion. This is, I believe, Pope Francis's and the Pan-Amazonian Synod's perspective on the wisdom of indigenous culture, religion, and spirituality, and how it can critique distorted understandings of anthropocentrism and individuality, especially as these have developed in Western modernity. More constructively, as Francis says in Terida Amazonia, applying what he says about the poor in Evangelii Gaudium, the people of, of the Amazon have much to teach us. Their own simplicity, their religious view of the relatedness of all things, and the importance of every creature can inspire us and help us to undergo what Pope John Paul II and Francis himself has called ecological conversion. Cornell speaks of those who claim to be spiritual and not religious, but she echoes Pope Francis and the Synod when she says that rather than condemning them, one might recognize that they still do identify with Christianity and wish to belong to the church. The challenge is thus to find new ways to educate Christians and to introduce them to the spiritual riches of the tradition. To do that, however, is first to accept the validity of a people's worldview and take them where they are. So some words of conclusion. I learned of the theft of the Pachamama statues when I received a request from the editor of the British Catholic Weekly, the tablet, later in that day, uh, later in the day that it happened. The editor, Brian Walsh, asked if I would write a piece in defense of Pope Francis's and the Synod's open attitude toward indigenous culture and religion. He said, the church needs a missiological voice. As I worked on the piece with within the short deadline, only five days, that Brian gave me, I became fascinated by the implications of the theft and the rancorous debate that was going on. And it struck me that some reflection on it might be appropriate for this conference on multi-religious belonging in honor of the life and work of Professor Oslov Lande. I offer it as a very modest appreciation of the implications of a hot debate in my church 
on which an understanding of multi-religious belonging might begin to shed light. Not only can a multi-religious belonging enrich our Christianity with deep insights, for instance, of mindfulness from Buddhism, or God's rapturous love, for instance, from Sufi Islam, or God's presence in all things, as in Amazonian religious identity. It can offer us a way to live that might help us save our wounded world and wounded planet. This might be the most important thing that those who practice Pachamama Christianity can teach us. So, thank you very much.